This is Real Talk, the Customer Insights Show with Jen Vogel, a top-rated podcast in the market research and insights industry. Jen and her guests share valuable information to help you understand your customers better. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play Real Talk. This episode is presented to you by Vox PopMe, the leader in video surveys. Here's today's episode. Hello, insights professionals, marketers, and everyone who wants to understand their customers better. I'm Jen Vogel. Welcome to the show. Certainly, there are problems in any industry, and market research is no different. Of course, there's a lot of positive things happening. We talk about those all the time. We'll get to some of those in today's show also, but I want to spend the majority of today's show focusing on some problems that exist and that may hinder us from producing better market research, making better decisions, all that good stuff. It's a big topic for sure, so let's dive into it. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Sebastian Schuliacher, Insights Director at Kellogg, to help us understand and maybe even fix some of these common problems. So welcome, Sebastian. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. This is a very hot topic and very close to my heart. Yes, I'm excited. And actually, Sebastian and I are going to be together in Chicago at the end of this month uh, for Insights Marketing Day. So I want to give a plug for that session. And so maybe this conversation today will be a little preview of what we'll be talking about in that session with along with Michelle Gainsley from McDonald's and Jennifer Pembroke from Wells Blue Bunny. So really looking forward to that. Same here. Insights Marketing Day is back. This one-day face-to-face event will be packed full of industry-leading speakers providing essential tips and tools to improve your company's marketing. From social media to blogging, web to growth hacking strategies, branding, and lead generation, we'll cover a range of topics that need to be addressed for a successful, comprehensive, and interconnected marketing plan. We'll talk big picture with strategy and annual content calendars down to the granular level of getting more visible on LinkedIn. So you leave informed and inspired. If you're ready to get a jumpstart on making 2022 your best year ever, don't miss Insights Marketing Day. Visit insights-marketing.org. Use the code PERCH, P-E-R-C-H, for 20% off your ticket price. See you there. To get us started, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, your career in the insights sure. industry? Sure. Um, I've been doing research for over 25 years, to be honest. I, I, I know that I don't look that old, but I'm that old. Um, I started um, working um, in insights, doing interviews, like knocking doors back in the days when people asked you, you know, which brand of powder detergent do you use? I was one of them. And that was 25 years ago. And I've been working with major FMCGs. I work for um, Colgate Palmolive. I work for Kraft Foods. Now um, I'm working for Kellogg. I work at business units. So I work with the market. Then I work with a region, with a group of markets. I work with we regions. Um, and, like, and now I work at Global. So I am the currently I am the global director for Global Insights at Kellogg Company. So I have the opportunity to see one or two research in my career from yeah, exactly. any possible aspect. Trust me. 
<laughs> it sounds like it. I'm not going to ask you which one was your favorite company to work for. I won't put you on the spot. <laughs> No. But yeah, some really great um, experience there. And, you know, I guess um, tell us a little bit about the role that you as an insights professional play today and, and how has that evolved in the 25 years that you've been in the business? Yeah, I always I always define insights people as matchmakers. We are the matchmakers between brands, products, ideas, and consumers. Like we try to understand how this works, how that relationship is built, and how you you create it, how you um, take it to the next level, how to develop, how to maintain it, and make it durable across uh, along the years. I think that um, you know we are we are as, as professionals in the consumer inside area. Now more than ever, we need to be in tune with pop culture. That like it is very important for us to be super connected with what is happening there, which are the innovation, what are how the consumer is evolved, how they are behaving. For for me, it's very important to have have this knowledge of what is happening there and being able to be connected with different sources of data that it wasn't here 25 years ago. Today, we have social media listening, we have reviews, we have AI technology, we have a syndicated research, we have online research, we have qualitative in the more traditional way, we have observation. Today, we have evolved to have more sources of connection and understanding of this consumer in how to make this matchmaking work work for our clients, in my case, the global director of, of, of breakfast and, and salty snacks at Kellogg, or, you know, your brand manager, your, 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 your director of brands, like how to make this matchmaking possible, that is our role. And that role has evolved in the last years because we have never had so much data available in a point that it could be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Oh, totally overwhelming. I think that's been such a huge topic of conversation in the industry, especially the last few years. It's like, how do you actually bring all that data together and make sense of it? And I love hearing every, whenever I talk to um, consumer insights professionals, like everyone has a sort of different description of what an insights person is. I love your description of the matchmaker. I've heard translator, you know, it, in that same vein of having to bring all that data together. I've heard psychologist, right, of like actually digging in and trying to understand people's behavior and mindsets. So, but that it all comes back to the fact that we have more and more access to mountains of data and your role in making sense of it and making recommendations based on that is changing with every new data source available it is changing and 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 it's evolving and the reality is that one of our biggest challenges is where all these pockets of data and all these sources of data suddenly they stop talking to each other mm. suddenly you have brands that they have not such a strong equity with high share like, how is this even possible? Like, there, like it's more complicated nuances to data because we are humans. And, and we love, love to be contradictive. 
So the same thing is happening with data. You have never heard a time that people are more concerned of personal security. And we are at the same time that we are posting everything we do in social media. So how how you reconcile both points of view? Right. You know, so that contradiction that we are seeing as human beings, as consumers, the same thing is happening with data. Data is taking us in different um, in different ways, in different routes, and and sometimes there is a lot, a lot of contradiction. And making sense of those contradictions, that is where the insight is. That is exactly where is the sweet spot on how to create that perfect match between a consumer, a brand, an idea, or a service. That's really interesting. So when you kind of start to identify those contradictions in the data, like where do you even start to try to make sense of it and 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 find that match i guess maybe it depends <laughs> well it depends but but the reality is that we need to go for the fact that we are emotional beings and and we need to understand how the feelings and the nuances of those feelings mm-hmm. so like that idea of one solution fits all it's it's not possible anymore. Like data and, 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 and the power that we have today with technology allowed us to make segmentation of one person. So you like said, like there is a whole group of people that says that segmentation is a thing from the past, given the fact that we can go directly to, to talk to one consumer in a singular way. So I think that today, we spend too much time focusing about the facts. We need to transcend a little bit of the facts. So we need to evolve from the what to the so what. And I think that in the so what, it's where we as professionals, as insights professionals, is where we have to concentrate. Sometimes we devote too much time to the fact and not to the so what. I love that. Go from the what to the so what. Somebody write that down. We're <laughs> quoting Sebastian on that. <laughs> but but it's, it's a reality. Like, like I've, I've been in meetings, like I, I was talking to one of my clients. I said, like, listen, I can bring more facts. I can bring more accurate facts. I could spend the next two months digging in data but it's not going to change the so what. Mm-hmm. So you need to decide where you invest your time, your effort, your sweat, your longest hours in front of a computer. In, this, in the what or in the so what? We depart that we are very good professionals and all our partners in crime, our suppliers, it doesn't matter if they are big or small, they know what they're doing. So instead challenging, they're facts. Let's concentrate in how we turn these what's in so what's. Yeah. So that brings up a really interesting question then of, you know, with all the access to data and all this great technology at our fingertips, like how do you balance the mix between that human involvement and the technology? Like what's the right balance? I think that that we are in a very tough place now because we tend to confuse observations 
with insights. And I think that we need, as professionals, we know the difference. We know that people wanted to eat healthy food. That is a fact. People don't knowing what healthy food is, that's the beginning of an insight. So I think that if, if the fact doesn't take you to anywhere, it's just a fact. We need to balance more the, 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 the unspoken things, the things that they are not there. We need to understand that everybody could provide alternative facts to, to a certain phenomenon. So we need to be very conscious of what we are doing. We need to recognize the facts. And, ne- and then we need to really invest the time in doing the analysis. Mm-hmm. One of the things that is happening today, and, and, and you will see with, with, your, with, your, um, with your other professionals in, in, the, in the industry, is that we are desperate to have fast answers. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have a question and now you have, like, when I started 25 years ago, people commissioned a research and they had the patience to wait a month to get results. Now, if you have someone that is patient, probably will wait until the end of the week. Mm. And that means that we have shrank the time that we devote to collect the facts. But at the same time, we have decreased the amount of time that we devote to analyze the data, to analyze the facts. And I think that that is where we need to backtrack a little bit. You know, AI could read, summarize, put together, but it will never tell you an insight. That you still need the human touch. You still need to have a conversation with consumers. I would say that Today, more than ever, qualitative research is extremely important because mm-hmm. with all this AI, with all, the, with all the social media listening, with all the technology, with all of that, we have, I would say, limitless access to facts. But we can even say, like, why? And we can have an idea. But nothing beats a good conversation with a consumer. Nothing beats a good observation. So, like, even today, like, like if you see the, um, how technology is being used, like, you add, you add open-ended questions, people answer a video, and then the AI analyze that video. But nothing beats a good face-to-face conversation with consumers about something. So, I think that the balance, it's there. Like, we need sometimes to listen to the consumers with less filters. And when I said less filters, it's like not through big bulks of data. Talk to Mm -hmm. consumers. Mm -hmm. You are a consumer. You know more or less what is happening. And as a good researcher, you are connected to, you are more aware that some of the people, why you do certain things, because you ask the question yourself. So you, end up understanding a little bit more human behavior. I think that today, more than ever, we need to really analyze behavior and, and focus on behavioral science rather than just big bulks of data. Mm. 
Yeah, and that is so tricky because, as you said, we just have access to so much data and the people that you're trying to deliver those insights for don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> it is it is it is quite complicated like to to bring to to bring an answer to a CMO that has so many questions and I remember when I first joined that when I first joined the global team um, people said like you know the elevator speech you know like and really a CMO doesn't have more time than the elevator speech so you need to select what you're going to say. You can give a fact and make them realize what they're going to need to do with the fact, or you can have a so what. And if it's so interesting, they will ask you for the fact. Mm, I think that that is, that, that is how I end up playing with the patience of my, of my audience. Basically, focusing in... Let me tell you my recommendation, and then we departed from there. If you want to listen more, I will give you the facts. But if you start with the fact, people will start challenging you the fact, and you will have a conversation about facts, and you don't want to have that. You want to have a conversation on the so what, not on the what. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's always important to start every conversation, not with a fact but with a recommendation yeah. and then you depart from there. That makes sense because you kind of need to buy yourself some more time a, a little bit. And exactly. also what you were saying before, there's a lot of contradiction in the facts. Exactly, right? exactly. So that meaning is really the key piece of like, what does that really mean? What are we gonna do with that information? And you know, yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and also as, as Professionals in the in, in the inside industry, every time that someone asks you a question or commission you a research or something, um, it is that is where the research starts. That is where you need to start asking questions. You know, it seems like very, you know, like yes, everybody everybody does that. It's not necessarily true. Sometimes, like like I I have done so many pretest of communication that, you know, people like my suppliers, they don't even ask, you know, what are you trying to do? What is your media plan? Like, how are you going to use these? You know, like, which is the role of these? Like, we sometimes, we lost sight of asking questions. You know, like, we need to devote the time to really understand what is the question that we want to answer so we cannot answer so we can answer with a recommendation not with a fact right yeah and and i and i guess too like does that like how does that feed into you know what methodology you're using because to your point there's so much data out there there's a like we can have access to facts as you say or quantitative data instantly qualitative instantly. is so important but it takes some more time like how do you determine what methodology is best suited to answer whatever question you're faced with in the moment. Exactly. And and we have this expression in Spanish that I love. It's, it says, use a bazooka to kill a mosquito. It is hard to, come, to, to translate, but it's very 
appropriate. So like you always need to do the full question so you don't end up having a bazooka to kill a mosquito. Mm -hmm. Questions like you can answer in many ways, but business questions and business actions, that is always one right way to answer them. And I would say that we as a professional, sometimes we jump into answering a question instead asking another one. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like, like why, why, what exactly do you want to, to know? That is always my question. Which type of decision do you wanna do you wanna uh, take? What is the risk in that decision? So, like, you can that put a dimension of what type of answer do you want? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and makes which sense. methodology it's the most appropriate? Right, right. So, how do you think we've gotten to this place of like, you know, just? get the question, okay, rush to get the answer, deliver the fact, like move on to the next, like how did we end up here from where we were not that long ago? I would say that one of the things that happened is that with, with consumers being more vocal than ever, empowered by technology, you don't need to ask, they are telling you. They are writing on every single piece of review, Twitter, Facebook shares. Consumers are more vocal today than ever, especially the new generations. If you think that millennials were vocal, wait, Gen Z are way more. And they put videos to say what they think. You know, these are this is the gen Gen Z is the generation of the storyteller. So what is happening now is that we have this idea that what they are saying, it is exactly how we're going to do the matchmaking. And it's not like that. I think that we start losing, losing patience. I think that there were some, there, there are some decisions that they were very basic facts. And then you have the industry to try to answer faster and faster and faster and faster and faster that we are today in a point that you can program in the morning a questionnaire and have a full report by the end of the afternoon and none of these a researcher or an analyst was involved it is like our like if you were in a, an expert in this industry you design AI methodologies, things like that, but you don't read the data and analyze the data. It is like the data will analyze itself. And that is not true. Mm -hmm. So so that is why you have so many DIY platforms, which I love. You know, I think that they are fantastic and a fantastic tool. But you know, the type of question that a company like Kellogg has that could be answered by an omnibus or by a short research and at the end of the day take a decision they are very limited like we really have bigger questions we have we are taking bigger and more complicated decisions that's something that a survey from any platform that you want could answer at the end of the day with zero intervention of an analyst that knows exactly what we are looking for so I think that that we are like like I think that we tend to confuse analytics also with insights because we are kind of yin yang like insights and analytics one without the other cannot live uh, but 
we became suddenly we have the technology to have very very rapid facts and we don't have the patience of working in the so what mm. you know this is the world of suppliers selling you dashboards and you can have your dashboard and you do your own analysis and you said Yes. So basically, I'm hiring a company that before I hired them with a with a question in mind, now I have a way to answer the question myself. So at, in a point that technology is commoditized, that everybody has a DIY platform, that everybody... So what is your competitive difference? You know, if you are in a supplier position, how you do matchmaking? with your service and the companies. And I think that we're going to see very soon the comeback of big, big um, strategists or, or, or analysts that really make sense of the data. Mm-hmm. And I think that an industry that does that very well is a finance industry. Think about it. Mm. That they mix a lot of facts, but they devote time to say what all these things mean. Sure, sure. And so I guess, um, you know, that, that's really the crucial role of the insights professional, right? It's to, to turn those facts into insights. And um, I guess what is, what's our responsibility as an industry to, encourage that patience. And, you know, I think it's like the, the advent of the technology that we have in the space and all those DIY tools, like it does shorten the timeline of getting that first step, right. Of what you describe as facts. I love that getting the fast facts, you need to shorten that timeline. So then how do you kind of encourage your internal clients or your external clients, if you're a full service researcher or something like that, um, to have the patience needed to get the really meaningful insights from that data. Yeah. What what I have what I have encountered lately is that I I decided to give the time for the analysis to happen. I I carved that time there. When someone has a question that needs to be answered with you know, within hours, like somehow, I always try to say, which type of decision do you want to make? Because that's another thing that happened because the times and the cost of doing research has decreased drastically. The amount of research, of request of, you know, some of our internal clients don't want it to make a decision and leave it in the hands of the consumers. I always said research or consumer research tells you what you could do, not what you should do. What you should do should be driven by your strategy. So how to how to do the strategy, that is where you use your your research. So I I also been trying to pressure my internal clients to not to to be bold and take decisions but also not to use research as a commodity like i want to take a research it doesn't matter like i don't want to take any type of decision 
And like sometimes I said, well, this is not a decision for the consumer. This is your decision. Like, you know, like a packaging design. I said, the consumer will tell, tell you which one looks better in the shelf. Consumer will tell you which one looks yummy or which one calls their attention, which one tells the story better, but they won't tell you which one you need to use. You need to make that decision yourself. So that is another thing. Like I probably, I said no to a 50% of the research that has been requested to me. I said like, mm, that is not material for a research. Like you need to be very honest with your clients. You need yeah. to say like, you know, like this is not a good use of research time. This is something that you could derive from your own knowledge, from past research. So that is also important. Understanding that research in, in a company like Kellogg is an ecosystem of knowledge. Mm. So not every, not every question needs to be answered with a specific research. And once that research is done, the question is answered. You throw that in the garbage and you start from the beginning. No. We have a knowledge agenda. Mm. So in the knowledge agenda, you try to, to organize a little bit the discussion and really understanding what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And always try to reduce the amount of research. I know that that my 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 suppliers hate when I say, like, no, we are not doing extra research. Uh, but at the reality, what it happens is that I reduce the amount of repetitive research and I increase the amount of more foundational or multi-question research. And that is where a supplier or a, or a, or a business partner can bring the A game because it is in the analysis where it's where, where is where is uh, the key like when i started we always checked that people really answer the questions like we were obsessed with fieldwork quality today it's not even in people's mind like mm-hmm. like what like what are you talking about like before when i was an interviewer i had a supervisor that went and rechecked a very fairly amount of re- of interviews that I did. That figure doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So like try to filter a little bit of the questions and like devote money to intellectual work rather than manpower. It is always important. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of brings you full circle to the conversation about all the data that we've got and being able to bring that all together because if that's done properly, you don't need that repetitive research because chances are you've got the answer to your question somewhere already. Exactly. And and that's another thing. I, I, I realize day by day that we we need to build stronger lasting relationships with um with with vendors and with 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 business partners you know it's obvious you know we we try to do that but like sometimes like like i receive calls from why don't you work with us why don't you give us an opportunity and i said like yes 
but I need the whole thing. You know, I want to have a supply, a vendor that can handle everything. Mm. You know, like you have a, you have people say, oh, I'm an expert in product testing. And I said, what about concept? No, I only do product. Mm. What about packaging testing? No, I do sensory or I do advertising or I don't even know what a market share is. <laughs> and uh, so like, I think that suppliers and vendors need to to paint a whole map because the like what we are looking in 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 people in my side is long lasting relationships things that you build knowledge you know it's it's we don't want research providers because at the end of the day that research providers you can even go to google survey or you can go to like if you think the largest fieldwork company in the world is between google and survey monkey yeah. and i and i was talking to my friends at survey monkey and i said like you realize that you are the largest by far company of fieldwork in the world and nobody knows your analytical capabilities like you know, like I, I, I get charts and reports, but it's very hard to get someone to interpret what it's there. And that's another thing. Like when you start working with someone for the first time, it takes, I would say, between a year and two to really build that knowledge of your business, your implications for them to anticipate your questions. Mm -hmm. So that is another thing. Like when you have a DIY thing or like that relationship, it's very fragile sure. because at the end you end up seeing like who has it faster and cheaper. Know who is the best in analyzing the so what. Sure. And yeah. that is what a company like Kellogg is looking. Kellogg, Coke, McDonald's, you name it. We are looking for the so what. So yeah. we are we are hungry. We are hungry for this type of of long-lasting relationships with people that they can see your business from a bigger point of view, rather than answer if that TV commercial will work or not. Like I, like every time that I said, okay, we need to pretest this TV commercial, I'm waiting for the first one that to say to me, TV, really? <laughs> Yeah, totally. I mean, but what you're talking about your station is always, oh, we can do it in 24 hours. Right, right. And I said, like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure it could be done. Right. <laughs> I mean, what you're talking about here is a partnership, right? Like, it always kind of makes me kind of tilt my head a little when I see these reports where it's like, oh, these are the vendors and these are the buyers. Like, when did we become vendors and buyers? Like, I think. Uh, some of my favorite clients that we work with, they're partners, right? We work exactly. closely with them. We partner with other vendors, other suppliers and technology partners to yeah. create that yeah. ecosystem that you need. And um, I think that's a shift that I'd love to see us go further in that direction. I'm but... sure we are going. I can feel it that we are going there. We are going in that direction. <laughs> I think so too. Well, to round out the conversation, maybe some final thoughts. What are what are some positive things that are currently happening in the industry? I think that there are many. 
many. Um, I think that the, you know, again, contradiction. The amount of data that it's there, it's ginormous. I think that today doing a, an analysis on content is way easier than 10 years ago. I think that the the possibilities of of putting different sources together, it's ginormous. I've seen crazy um, methodologies that do face recognition. Like, like, do we do, we have unlocked a huge power of consumer understanding. With that comes a big responsibility of bringing what does it mean and how you make that evolve. But just imagine, like when I first started doing a research in three countries, it, you know, like you needed to have an agency in every country. Today, I work with a with a with a with a great business partner that is based in Chicago, and these people do a research in India without even going there, <laughs> which it's you know mind blowing because the possibilities are expanding, not contracting. So I think that great times comes to an industry to our industry. We. I think that we are about to, you know, to arrive to the tipping point that we are not as fascinated with technology as we were a few years ago. And now we will be more interested on how to squeeze real insights out of those. I think that that is the next frontier. But to like imagine like before you needed to spend 20 hours of a, of a project, just designing and making sure that everything works. Today, that has reduced to an hour, and then you have all those 19 hours to invest in your analysis. It's great. <laughs> I think that is the real beauty of all the technology that's out there now, that it's speeding up and automating the things that can be automated. Exactly. Right. Leaving exactly. more room to do the things that can't. Exactly. And and I love, for instance, the AI methodologies or technologies that they write you a report. I will never send that to anyone. You know, never because they don't make a sense. But they but then but it gives you a raw material to really make it work. You know, I, I always said like like I was having a conversation um, with my friends from SurveyMonkey that I think that they're brilliant sometimes. Uh, they, they, they really know what, what, you know, they really understand consumers in a very, very deep way, more than they show in their products sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things is like, which is the different, I, I, it is really this type of things is AI. And the woman said like, no, no. <laughs> That is not AI. That is just data, data, that is machine learning. That is not AI. So like even having like a very like I love when when a when when a when a partner like like I it seems like I'm doing advertising for Survey Monkey, but I'm not. <laughs> they tell you exactly the truth. You know, they don't they don't try to sell you. They say like no, this is not, this is this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And and I think that I feel extremely positive about the future. I think that we are 
uh, doing crazy advance in in the digital um, interviewing process. So I I can wait to do more global research and more qualitative research in the world. I want to be, you know, like now technology allowed us to be in the right moment of consumption without creating any disruption. So it is it is very exciting times to work in this industry. It is exciting. Well, this has been a very exciting conversation. I love hearing your point of view. Um, really looking forward to seeing you in Chicago Same. at the end of this month. Um, so we'll put a link in the comments for anybody who wants to come and join us in person for the that first be time great. in forever. So thanks for, thanks for coming Thank on the you, show. Thank you, Jen. Nice been- talking to you. You as well. Um, So thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, Please remember to rate and review the show and we will see you next week for another episode. Sure.